Connecting on. This is Paul Schneiderman today on the 25th edition of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Today we have a very special guest on this live edition of Sports and Stuff. We have the elected King County Executive Dow Constantine. I'm privileged to have uh, the producer and engineer Dow, uh, Daniel Billis here and the station manager, director, Tony Benton. Dow, I'm going to give a little introduction of you for the listeners. Dow was born and raised in the West Seattle neighborhood, 1980 graduate of West Seattle High School. You had, a, you had to say the year, didn't you? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Dow. We're, we're not that far apart in age. Dow is yeah. a graduate University of Washington's law school. Uh, a little nugget here. Dow, while attending UW Law School, worked as a DJ on the college radio station, KCMU. Are you going to take over my show one day, Dow? That is a fact. It will not be apparent during our interview, however, that I have a radio background. Yeah, you do. I saw that. Uh, Dow is very much a Seattle King County guy. I, there's got to be some Seattle King County tattoo on your forehead somewhere, Dow. I'm telling you, you're very much a Seattle King County guy. <laughs> Dow worked as a practicing attorney. Dow uh, was a member of the Washington State House of Representatives. Dow worked as a Washington State Senator. Dow was appointed to the King County Council in 2002. Since 2009, he's been the elected King County Executive. You've been doing this for almost a decade now, by the uh, way. It seems like it. I know it. Dow's uh, married to Shirley Carlson, father of Sabrina. Um, Dow, are you are you the grandnephew of the Husky legend George Wilson? I am indeed. My grandfather's kid brother. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, here's a little connection, Dow. I believe my late grandfather Harry Schneiderman, who lettered 1928, knew your your late uncle. They would have known each other. Yeah, he was uh, George was the first really big sports star. No doubt in town. So we have, I think our descendants have a little tie there. So anyhow, Dow. Today we're going to learn more about your career, your work as a Excellent. King County executive. We're going to have a little special focus on regional sports issues. Uh, we're certainly going to get into everything today. We only have 27 minutes. But Dow, thanks for coming on Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming here, Dow. By the way, you've always been known more by your first name. Has it always been like that? Well, funny, it's not my first name. It's my middle name. That's right. Uh, That's my right. first name is James. But Dow's my middle name and it's a family name, but uh, at some point, it just kind of stuck uh, right. before I had any say about it. So uh, good news is it fits well on yard signs. So Very true. Uh, it was it was uh, prescient on the part of my folks to just just uh, give me an odd name that uh, everybody could remember. People just don't refer to you as constantly much. You're just, you've always been more. Yeah, it is, it is interesting. It was very hard to acquire a nickname on account of I already had one. Right. Yeah. Real quickly, Dow, again, we're going to hit on a whole bunch of subjects today. How did you get the bug going to politics in the first place? Yeah, it's really interesting. It's, uh, people ask that a lot, and I, it was just a, kind of a long-term interest in news and current events. I was uh, becoming aware of the world in the late 60s, watching TV news. There was a lot going on, and that and, uh, and some very specific local environmental battles over places that I loved and cared about uh, drew me into this. And, and away from, you know, my actual career of practicing law, eventually, uh, it, I could have been, uh, like many of my classmates, comfortably semi-retired at this point, but uh, I chose a different path. Well, I'll tell you, a lot of lawyers are going to be working the day they die. Uh, Dow, uh, I appreciate that background. Now, we lost two of your King County executive predecessors this year. John yeah. Spellman, who later became governor, was known as the, the King County of King County Modern Government. We also lost Randy Ravel this year, who served in the 1980s. Can you share with us a little about each of the gentlemen who passed, two of your predecessors? Yeah. Uh, you know, John Spellman was the first executive under the charter, so we were given the, the uh, right under state law to create our own charter and kind of a constitution. We created a real government with a separately elected executive and legislative branch 
John Spellman went from being a commissioner to being elected uh, executive, right. and he served for three terms. And uh, he, so he was a guy who kind of uh, laid the foundation, and I sort of compared him to George Washington for our little region, you know, right. uh, established what the, the relationship between the council and executive would be, how we would do business, and, um, and uh, then went on, of course, to the governorship. And uh, he was just a real decent fellow. Uh, I, have, uh, nice guy. I have his first State of the County address uh, type, typed on like an IBM Selectric, I think, and one of his pipes. Uh, he, was, he had a, like a trademark right. uh, kind of corncob pipe uh, on my desk, and I keep it there uh, just to remind me of where we've been. That. It's a, you know, not such a long history, but we're coming up now on 50 years of charter government in King That's County. Something. Uh, he passed away uh, quite a few months ago now, and uh, of course his family are big Husky fans, by the way, and so I see them a lot at uh, Husky games, Husky events. Randy Ravel was the third executive, the second elected executive of King County. Uh, he uh, led a lot of innovations in open space preservation, protecting things we all care about, and also uh, because he had his own challenges with mental health, about which he was very open. Uh, he led the way on destigmatizing mental health challenges right. and improving our response for people who are struggling with mental health challenges, as well as physical health. Uh, he worked on uh, with the hospital association statewide. So uh, both big losses for our county, but also people uh, for whom we can be very grateful. They've Absolutely. made great contributions from both sides of the aisle. Both leave major legacies. Well, Dow, uh, you're, you're the King County Executive of, of the county. I think it's, what, the 13th largest county in the country? It is. Uh, 2.1 million people. Uh, what's now keep- we're, we're closing in on 2.2 wow. any day now. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, Dow, what's been keeping you busy in recent weeks? Uh, you know, it's always a lot because we have 14,000 employees, so there's always tons going on. I was just in uh, discussing our labor negotiations with a group of my employees. But the, the really big things are clearly what you see before you, homelessness. And uh, my work, as is often the case, is trying to bring everyone together around a shared plan, uh, all of the cities, as well as the business community, philanthropies, and others, so that we can uh, take that sort of collective impact approach that delivers change on big issues, as we did with creating the light rail system. Uh, But also um, really focused in on our very difficult work of driving toward zero detention of youth, keeping kids out of the justice system, of diverting them to alternatives when they've committed very violent crimes. What can we do to help them uh, restore their lives and also prevent that next kid from going down the same path? And we've got a whole team of folks who are working on our plan for zero youth detention, even as we work to build a detention facility that's much, much smaller and much more therapeutic than what we're able to offer right now. This is Paul Schneiderman, host of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with King County Executive Dow Constantine. Actually, Dow, speaking of the youth jail issue, we're going to move to sports in a minute or two. That's the main mm-hmm. focus of the show. Uh, several listeners on Rainier Avenue Radio had several um, emails about the youth jail issue. Anything else you want to add on? It's a controversial plan. Anything else you want to add on it? Real yeah, quick? I mean... Despite the impatience of those who see an ideal state to which we need to move, uh, toward which we need to move, we still have kids who are committing crimes, and so we have to be able to deal with those responsibly. And that's responsibly to the kids in terms of providing an environment in which we can help them begin to turn their lives around, but also to the community because we need to protect people from harm. We are, I think, more than any other jurisdiction working uh, toward that day when we will not have to 
have a detention center for people under the age of 18. Uh, we've reduced the numbers from nearly 200 on average to about 35 youth charges youth today. There are about 15 kids charged as adults who've committed the most serious crimes. Um, so as we do that, disproportionality has gone up as it does in every jurisdiction that undertakes this kind of work. And that's the real uh, vexing problem. How do we wring the biases out of all of the systems, not just within the justice system, but in society, the health system, the education system, the economic system that cause uh, black and brown kids to be disproportionately represent, represented in the justice system? Uh, those are hard questions. These are not solved with, uh, you know, simple slogans uh, or, uh, or, or simple uh, assertions that we should have no youth detention. These are solved with us undertaking difficult transformative work with the community, and we have a lot of community partners, and we are doing it's that It's a balancing work. act. Then. It, is, it is not just a balancing act. It is about um, determination to see through the hard work, even as you're uh, having a lot of folks expressing their impatience uh, with us getting to the goal line. Now, what's the most challenging decision you made as King County Executive so far? Pick one or two. Boy, oh boy. Uh, you know, the first day I came into office, uh, I was briefed uh, about the fact that I had been left with some tunnel boring machines that were stuck hundreds of feet underground as we were building the Brightwater sewage plant. And I had to decide whether to terminate the agreements with that contractor right. and take the risk that another contractor coming from a different direction with different technology was going to be able to complete that. It was a um, very, very high stakes decision just in the first few weeks. Um, I had to decide to shut down the South Park Bridge because of safety and cut off that neighborhood from uh, uh, access to, to you know, jobs and, and commerce. And I managed to cobble together a coalition that was able to rebuild and reopen that bridge. That was, those were things that happened just in the first little while of my time in office. But it's part and parcel of the gig. You know, uh, some days are mundane. Some days you have high stakes sure. decisions to make. And you just have to remember what your values are, uh, that you're here to, to do your best for the people of the county, uh, that you're not always going to do so perfectly, but uh, that as long as you stay true to the commitment you made to uphold the, the charter and the Constitution and don't worry so much about what it's going to look like politically, you can get to the finish line. And honestly, when I think about our struggles to uh, overcome hundreds of years of bias uh, that evidence themselves in the justice system, I think about that. Just keep plugging away. We can get there. But you can't get knocked off track by uh, either pressure or the lure of making a big uh, superficial splash in the media. Al, Dow, it's really interesting. A couple of your toughest challenging decisions you made were very early in your administration, which I, which yeah. I, was, I wasn't expecting yeah. to answer. Well, right? the, believe me, I could go through an inventory several from each year, uh, but those, oh, those stick out because they're early. You know, and their earlier experiences tend to, tend to be prominent in your memory. Well, they get you back memory. one day. I'd love to yeah. talk more about this. Well, Dow, again, we're going to move to sports in a minute. This is Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with our King County Executive, Dow Constantine. All right, Dow, here's a question for you. Uh, a couple of your predecessors became governor. Uh, another one of your predecessors, Ron Sims, worked in the Obama administration. I know you love your job as King County Executive. If you could pick either being a governor from Washington State, being a U.S. <laughs> senator from Washington State, which one would you pick? Um, if that's my choice between those two, yeah. uh, I would choose to be the governor. I think I've... Uh, Established that I can run a large uh, organization with a lot of employees and a large jurisdiction. Uh, King County 
uh, is larger than I think 15 of the states in the United right. States. But not unimportantly as well, I'm the father of a four-year-old. Right. And uh, I hate the thought of taking that poor girl that all the way across the, the country to uh, Washington, D.C. to spend her childhood. So I would uh, much rather stay here at home. And there are a lot of opportunities to contribute to our community here at home. You mentioned you mentioned Ron uh, at, at HUD. But, you know, people are able to contribute in myriad ways from, from based on the experience you gather as county executive. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, whatever the next chapter is being something that I can look back on with uh, satisfaction that I made a difference for my community. If you declare for governor, you'll tell me first, right? This would be the most <laughs> likely place for such an announcement to happen, fun, yes. I'm having fun. Dow, uh, moving on to sports now. Um, I remember back. We have time left for sports. We do. We, we okay. got. What well, we got? Damn it! Ten, twelve minutes left, maybe. <laughs> okay, Dow. Um, Twenty twelve. Remember it well. There was a press conference with you and then then Seattle Mayor Mayor McGinn, and you. Yeah. There was a five county, mayors ago. Yes. Yeah. It's a, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> there was a county city collaboration mm-hmm. in favor of the Chris Hansen Soda Arena plan, which right now is either falling apart or it's on life support. Did you ever see that happening, Dow? Did you see the whole thing collapsing over a street vacation vote? Did you uh, ever see it happening? It's been very. It's been a very strange uh, uh, succession of events. I mean, Chris Hansen came here. Uh, back to his hometown, wanting to build an arena with a very sincere desire to bring the Sonics back, a very sort of almost childlike desire to see his team back in town. Um, It got caught up in a whole bunch of uh, politics, much of which is just red herrings being thrown out there. Uh, And uh, ultimately, the city council uh, decided to go in another direction with... uh, with Key Arena, well, they had a white elephant in Key Arena. Obviously, it was once and could again be a great venue for NBA basketball. Uh, actually, paid for part of school tending bar at the old Jake O'Shaughnessy's no, across right, from right, there. Right, so, right. Uh, but but uh, the fact is that that uh, I think in an arena in the stadium district was not an outlandish or uh, irrational idea uh, down in Soto, and that's why I supported it. Uh, I think that. Uh, Are you behind the Key Arena plan now? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely want the Sonics to come back. That's okay. priority number one. So if that's the path to bring back the Sonics, then I am 100% for it. This is a hypothetical question. Could the county ever get behind a second major indoor arena plan? Well, it depends on whether it makes financial sense, right? Gotcha. Uh, you know, would you do a separate arena for hockey? I don't think that, you know, these guys are going to bring hockeys to Key Arena, so... I think that uh, it would be more likely that someone would build a venue for other kinds of entertainments uh, that aren't accommodated right now. I mean, the the you know getting off the sports track, but uh, there is a real need based on what I hear from the from the uh, promotion community for like a six thousand seat ish uh, indoor arena uh, in the city of Seattle for for concerts and. Uh, you have real big venues and you have real small venues, but you don't have that kind of in-between size one. So uh, there are lots of opportunities. And frankly, uh, I'm grateful to Chris Hansen for getting the campaign started, for helping us understand that that was really within our power to bring the Sonics back and helping channel all of our sort of outrage over what happened to us here in our community. No, I mean, you fan. and I both grew up with Sonics. I Absolutely. will I will never get over that, but I'm really looking forward to tip off whatever building it happens Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Well, yeah, we had the Showware Center, but that's interesting what you brought up, that maybe there's a, a case for another 6,000 or 7,000-seat arena somewhere in I mean, County. you hear that a lot from people who book rock shows and stuff. Yeah, you know? right. 
Right. Um, Safeco Field is owned by the Washington State Major League Baseball Stadium Public Facilities District, mm-hmm. PFD. They mm-hmm. recently approved a 25-year lease with the Mariners. I got kind of a conceptual question, kind of two lawyers talking here for a second. Mm-hmm. D- does the county, though, have the final say on the funding aspects of Safeco? It, the county can say whether county-controlled tax revenues will be available to the public facilities district okay. for okay. their deal. So they have a, a range, they, they reached a contract with the Mariners where right. they allocated uh, rights and responsibilities, costs. Part of that really is dependent on uh, county tourism dollars uh, being available, which the state statute says should be available for tourism, including sports facilities. Uh, and so it's it is about 12% of the total hotel motel tax revenues over the course of a couple decades. And that is as compared to 100%, which it's been since 1967, going to sports facilities. So it's, uh, I think it's a, a reasonable deal to maintain a public building, not the bells and whistles, but the steel and the roof and the, and the wiring and plumbing. And as a beautiful stadium, it's a great ballpark. And I think it is a good thing for us to take a different approach than many other jurisdictions have where they're just treating these stadiums as uh, disposable and instead investing in it as though it's going to be an icon in our community for another century. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff again on Rainier Avenue Radio with our King County Executive, Dow Constantine. Dow, back to Safeco Field. And I know you're on record, don't want to put any words in your mouth, but I believe you're on record for supporting an approximate $180 million um, maintenance tax, I guess we can call it, for Safeco Field. I think it would come from the ho- of from a part of the hotel motel mm-hmm. tax. This has received some criticism from some people who are philosophically against almost any funding for stadiums yeah. and teams. Do you, what do you see happening down the final negotiations, or could this amount be adjusted at all? Uh, well, of course, it can be adjusted because we have a separately elected legislative branch. I recommended what was negotiated by the Public Facilities District with Mariners okay. because I think it's a reasonable amount. I think it represents what the landlord's obligation should be to keep the building in good shape, while the team takes on a lot of the maintenance as well as enhancements as their responsibility. Uh, the The fact is that uh, we went to the legislature and got them to authorize us to use the hotel motel tax, again, paid by visitors to our region, uh, 37.5% for housing, 37.5% for arts, heritage, and culture, and then they reserved 25% for the goose, like the golden egg, tourism, uh, including uh, sports facilities. You'll remember the hotel motel tax came into existence in 1967 to help pay to create the stadium that brought us the Mariners and the Seahawks. And then it paid for uh, Safeco Field, and now it's paying off CenturyLink Field. And so, you know, Safeco Field is, uh, by most measures, the second largest tourist attraction in our county. It is county. a public facility, too. And it is a publicly owned facility. So uh, it, it is a reasonable thing, and the, the question is, is that the correct amount? By the way, the $180 million is inflated dollars. So, okay. Okay. you know, it, it is, it is uh, a number that you need to look at in the context of what a dollar is going to be worth uh, 20 years from now, as well as how many more tourists are going to be coming here paying so much more money into that hotel-motel tax fund. Long-term investment. Mm-hmm. Dow, um, back in the 90s, I think like the movie Back to the Future, if somebody said in 2008 the Sonics would be gone and we would not have a team in 2018, they think the person was nuts that would say that. 
Um, I know that the CenturyLink field is governed, I believe, by the Washington State Public Stadium Authority. Mm-hmm. Does everything look okay, you think, for the Sounders and Seahawks features? I mean, right now, yes. You know, we're still paying it off. And uh, they have, uh, I think, good finances. Obviously, we all want the Sounders to win a few more. Uh, and right. we're all, you know, we all have our fingers crossed that the Seahawks are not going to go through a rebuilding, but merely a transition as, with all these personnel changes. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it is a great Stadium. Uh, I think we should be grateful to uh, to Mr. Allen and uh, which they all at Vulcan call him Mr. Allen uh, and uh, everybody who put that deal together. I was in the state senate when I voted in favor of public uh, funding for that. And uh, you know we're going to have to make sure that we are maintaining both these facilities in excellent condition so that we don't have the phenomenon they have in other cities where they tear it down and build something uh, miles and miles away that we have this at the at the foot of downtown for generations to come and and you feel good about the mariners future at safeco field i feel great about it the the ownership is very committed to keeping them here uh um, they are uh, interested in this being a multi-decade multi-generational uh arrangement there's no more that sort of uh you know brinksmanship that went on in virtually every other uh, lease deal over the years. And that is good. Good news. Uh, that is the way we should be conducting ourselves. I think sports fans would like be happy to hear that. Yeah, yeah I mean, when the, the PFD and the Mariners hired an outside consultant to figure out how much maintenance should be done, how much it should cost, and then they figured out what a fair allocation of those costs was. That is the fair, rational way, unsatisfying perhaps to people who object to spending any money on these entertainments but you know overall equitable yeah you might be you might not be a sports fan but you might be a fan of the arts and we spend money on the arts and arts facilities or you might not care about either of those but you might care about parks well that we do that too not everyone is going to like every single one of these things but all of them taken together create a much richer quality of life Dow, uh, I I know you were at that press conference recently for the 2026 World Cup proposal it's very exciting Uh, I believe uh, 23 North American cities vying for 16 spots for, I think, for 80 matches, the 2026 World Cup. Uh, I kind of have two questions with this issue. One, do you you feel comfortable that Seattle King County will be a solid host? And tie the transportation issue into that a little bit. I I think a lot's going to happen in eight years in transportation. I do do think we're a solid host. First of all, CenturyLink Field is a great world-class facility, and, you know, you don't have to uh, dig very deep to find some remarkable footage of a packed house uh, seeing a soccer match there. Uh, but beyond that, you know, over the last uh, couple of decades, we've begun to build the kind of infrastructure that a genuinely world-class region needs. Uh, we're, that viaduct's coming down, we're going to have a great waterfront. We're building a massive expansion to the convention center so we can actually host conventions that are commensurate with the size of our region. And we're building a high-capacity transit system that's going to link together the full three-county metropolitan region. And that is critical if you're going to host a big event like this. People need to be able to stay not just at a downtown Seattle hotel, but at uh, places throughout the region. People need to be able to reach practice facilities throughout the region. We're going to be able to do that. And, uh, and, you know... uh, We've had aspirations in the past. We went way out on a limb and hosted a World's Fair when we were kind of a backwater, and it helped jumpstart modern Seattle. 62, unbelievable. I was there (laughs) in a stroller, but I was there. Uh, And, you know, we had a flirtation with trying to bring the Olympics here, but we weren't really ready. We're now 
getting a little bit more grown up. We're stepping. Could you get the behind Olympics stage. big, by the way, Dell? Oh yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good idea. You, and, you, you, and you know, we had the Goodwill Games, which was a great thing. Nineteen ninety, remember yeah. well? Yeah. Um, but you know, this this light rail system is the kind of infrastructure that a region like us needs, not just to host the world, but for every person here to be able to access the opportunity that's provided here on a day-to-day basis. You can't have to spend your life stuck in traffic or limited to a small geographic area because it's impossible to move around. This will open up education and employment and other opportunities for everyone. So eight years from now, 2026, assuming best case scenario, we get a World Cup or a World Cup host city, you feel that transportation will be enhanced and getting people around will be a lot easier. Yeah, we're going to be, by then we will have opened uh, light rail to to Roosevelt and to Northgate, to Bellevue and to Redmond. Uh, And we are pushing out north, uh, south and east and a little after that, west as well to Ballard and West Seattle. Uh, it is It is going to, you know, we talk about the housing shortage here. We talk about the difficulty getting around. This dramatically increases the footprint, the, the territory that's accessible to every person for jobs, for housing, for recreation, for everything that you need and want. And uh, it is going to really transform this region. It's, a, it's an exciting moment. And, you know, when you talk about going into politics and kind of uh, sidetracking your legal career, being able to look back on something like that, or I brought all the relationships and the experience I had to bring that whole thing to the ballot and getting it passed in, in 2016, that'll, that'll make a lot of this worth it, right? And, and, and I, think, I think one thing, Dow, is if one's a sports fan, it's kind of hard to be anti-public transportation and pro, and pro, pro, pro sports. I mean, you know, are yeah. you seeing how many fans use the rail now? I mean, I remember right. the, the first Husky game. I took my dad down to the uh, Soto station. Uh, on on Lander, and we hopped the train with all these excited Husky fans, and rode out to Husky Stadium. And you get out and you just walk, you know, a hundred feet, and you're, and you're in Husky now. Stadium. It has completely transformed the experience. You don't have any of that traffic headache anymore, and that is true for Mariners fans and Seahawks fans and the Sounders fans. Every and it's going to be true for Sonics fans as well. In time. One day. Paul Schneiderman of Sports and Stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio with King County Executive Dow Constantine. Real quickly, Dow, the Special Olympics went pretty well, didn't Oh, it? so great. Um, I don't know if you uh, made it to the opening ceremony. I did, unfortunately. It was just so emotional and such a, it, again, a great moment for our region as well as for all the participants and their families. Uh, Special Olympics is a remarkable movement and, uh, and that we were able to host it and uh, host it so successfully, I think, is. Uh, another real sort of feather in our cap. I, I think that this shows that we can uh, gracefully play host to big events and not have it tie the entire region in knots, uh, but instead show what's best about us. It's a good preview for a, for a perspective. 2026 World Cup uh, or an all-star game all-star game right 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 major political party convention maybe major (laughs) could you get behind that that we would love to have uh, one but only one of the two major political parties have their convention here which one would that be (laughs) that would be the Democratic Party I'm not sure how much additional uh, how much help it would be to the Democrats to be in Seattle where Donald Trump got 8% of the vote but you know You'd be grinding your teeth Republicans host their political party convention in Seattle, wouldn't you? Well, it would give me something to do that week. Right, right. Well, Dow, um, it's just been a lot of fun to have you on. And um, real quickly, uh, what does the future hold for for Dow Constantine? Well, uh, going to Atlanta for the opener against Auburn. I mean, 
that's you're, gonna be the, you're going in September? Yeah, yeah of course good. I'm going. Good. I mean, that's that's the tough game on the schedule, right? Uh, that is the one where we're going to uh, uh, show what we're made of. And after that, we should be favored uh, straight down the line. And by we, I'm I've talking about Husky the University of Washington. Years. Yeah, I've seen Husky games there. Yeah. Uh, what, well, got some fun stuff with the family cooking or anything else cooking? Uh, yeah, if I can get anybody in the family to go to a road game with me, then we're having fun stuff cooking. Otherwise, it's just, uh, you know, clean out the basement. Well, Dow, it's been a lot of fun to have you, to have you on sports and stuff on Rainier Avenue Radio. It'll be fun to have you back one day. Thanks so much. Appreciate Dow. Thank you.